Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast we watch. A randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bob. What's up? We're recording in the morning again. Not by choice. Well, ki- by, cho- yeah. kind of by choice. Yeah. By choice. Thanksgiving's busy. Thanks. Yeah. That's that's the big thing is we're both busy. So if we sound a little tired on this episode, that's why. I'm fine, actually. I mean, that's fair. Like, I'm completely... I've been up since 2 o'clock this morning. I know, but I thought I'd mention it because, like, I'm having convention flashbacks. I mean... Convention prep flashbacks. I no, mean. those were far worse. Those recordings were hell. Well, this could be hell. It's not, but it could be. It could... I don't know what you mean by that, but okay. Anyways, do you have any news you want to share before we start? I don't oh. think so. I don't okay. think I have any horror news. Other news? No. Well, I have news. Okay, what do you have, Ben? Uh, I went to go see Thanksgiving yesterday. Oh, yeah, 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 which, yeah. Which, yeah. if you listen to our Thanksgiving episode, which came out yesterday as well, you would have, I think, heard me mention I was probably going to go see that. Yeah. Which, I'm so sorry if you listened to our Thanksgiving episode. I mean, no need it, to apologize. That it movie sucks. It hasn't been edited yet, but that movie sucks, and we yeah. are both tired, because we also recorded that in the morning. But I was fine. I was tired. I know you, you're just always done, tired. Done with that movie. I've seen it so many times. Yeah, but I can't believe you've seen it that many times. It was Thanksgiving, by the way, guys. But I went to go see Thanksgiving, which is the new Eli Roth film. Mm-hmm. We were, I'll just spoil this. We were, were recording this a week in advance. Not a week in advance, but like the weekend before. So Eli Roth's film, Thanksgiving, just came out on Thursday. Yeah, it it's just came out. So it just came out. So I just watched it. And first of all, I want to mention, because it's really interesting, that it kind of sucks when this movie came out, because right now in theaters are a bunch of, like, really, really big, like, movies. Mm-hmm. FNAF is still in theaters right now. Yeah, but it's, like, the third week or whatever, so I it's know, like... but it's just breaking in money hand over fist, I mean, right? sure. The Hunger Games movie just came out. I have heard not good things Ballad about Ballad of Something that. Something, which I've heard not heard good things about, because... It's like a prequel made from nothing. Yeah. Like, there's not even any source material. I think there might be. Is there? I don't yeah, know. but I think it was like a cash grab book written after the series. Oh, probably. But that's how the movie feels anyways. It's like the last movie came out, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, I mean, the books are fine. So, like, both those films are in theaters right now. And so, even though it's when I saw the movie, like, the second day that this film has been in theaters, mm-hmm. it was all in, like, the standard showing theaters and not in any of the IMAX ones. Oh, uh, damn. Because it's just, it's a smaller film, and there's these big stuff out right now. So that was a little interesting to see. Kind of sucked, because I was like, I want to go see this in IMAX. But anyways, I I watched it, and I got to say, a lot of fun. Okay. It's not like the greatest movie ever. Like, there's a lot of issues, I think, with stupid characters. Oh, well. Oh, the characters are so dumb. They're so, (laughs) so dumb. (laughs) And the main gang of teenagers... Not only is incredibly stupid, but just unlikable as hell. Really? Yeah. That sucks. Like, the main character, I was like, you suck. I don't like you. Damn. <laughs> Are you going to die? And then aside from that, I think some of the general like plot points were pretty predictable. Okay. In fact, in all honesty, the film, at least to me, felt like a, a modern Scream movie. Like Scream okay. 5 or 6. That's, That's the vibe I got from the trailer. That is very hard, the vibe I got from that movie. Okay. Except holiday-themed. Yeah. With that being said, I thought it was a lot of fun. For okay. all that film's issues, it is just good holiday fun. It's, okay. 
pretty comedic and well there's gore it's not like super gory so it's just a fun holiday slasher movie you know okay. i don't That's think it was hear. ever intended to be like super big fine art so yeah i mean i had a good time i'd say i don't know approximately like three and a half like pretty decent all things considered uh the only thing i'll mention before like we move on is that like I said, Eli Roth directed it. He's done a bunch of stuff that's really gross. Mm-hmm. Um, Hostel uh, is, I think, the big one for a lot of people. Green Inferno. Green Inferno, which is, he's a big fan of Cannibal Holocaust and Italian mm-hmm. cinema. So, but, you know, you'd expect this film to be really gross. Yeah, and this that's kind of what I was expecting going in. It's not that bad. Really? This doesn't feel like his style, I guess, in, in yeah. what I can tell. I mean, from the, like, 60s Italian horror, there's, like, Giallo and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what slasher stuff is based on. So I, I could kind of see the influences even there. Okay. Just slightly. Not a lot. It's Again, it's more of a modern slasher holiday movie. But yeah, it, it wasn't as gory as I was expecting. There is some good, like, there's a couple scenes where I was looking at the gore and I was like, this will make people squeamish. Mm. That's kind of what I was expecting. But it, it definitely wasn't as intense as I'm used to from him. And in fact, there's one particular scene where I thought the gore was really not good looking. Really? Yeah, heavy CGI. Damn. And, I mean, there was a couple scenes throughout where there was, like, just some not great looking, like, practical effects. Okay. And what I, I want to say here is that, A, I don't think it was that bad. I, I was having a lot of fun during the movie, but I think the issues with some of the look of stuff was because the film was made really cheap. Mm. Do you want to guess the budget? I mean, it's still like a he's, big movie. I was about to say, it's another Roth film. He's very popular. Yeah, and it's it's an actual big studio. Mm-hmm. Two million. No, fifteen. Oh, okay. I two million going. is nothing, Bob. That's what that was what I was going for. Uh, no, Bob. Two million is literally. We watched a movie that was made for thirty five hundred dollars on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was Thanksgiving, Bob. For an actual like studio production, two million dollars is legitimately no money. But fifteen million is nothing. That is a nothing budget. Especially because the cast of the movie is pretty stacked. Yeah, I don't even know who's in it. There's a lot of famous people in it. so I'm sure I'll know none of them. Actually, you will know some of them. One of the guys was really funny because I was watching it and I was like, is that who I think that is? <laughs> I mean, Patrick Dempsey's in it. Didn't he just win Sexiest Man of the Year? I don't know, Bob. I don't No, hold on. That. Hold on. Let me... Hold on. Where's my phone? Shit, where's my phone? Google who just... It, I swear to God, he died of just man one Sexiest Man Alive or something. I, I was... My car doesn't have, uh, like, Bluetooth, or I don't have a thing, so, like, I just turn on the radio, and in the mornings when I'm coming home from work at, like, 6.30, there's, like, this shitty radio talk show that's on, and they were talking about it, and I remember that, that guy's name seems familiar. Wasn't he on, like, um, some soap or something? I don't know, Bob. But I was like, that's an actor you know. There was also, um, Ty Olson was in it. Don't know who that is. He played, uh, Mitchell Lorio in X2, an X-Men movie. Those movies suck. Yeah, but you've seen them. Yeah. Anyways, I I just wanted to say, decent holiday fun, as long as you aren't going in expecting, like, a masterpiece. Maybe we'll watch it next Thanksgiving. Yeah, I I thought it was fun. Unless we watch Thanksgiving 3, which I don't want to do. Neither do you, so why would we do it? Please don't. We have to do it at some point. No, we don't. And I have to punish you. We don't. You didn't have to- Punishment. (sighs) Shut up. Anyways, on that note, though, I think we're just going to get into the podcast, so- Okay. before Sorry to interrupt you saying we're getting into the podcast. We're not doing that yet. I have a thing. You know what we haven't done, Ben? What? We haven't named the season yet. Yeah, that's fine. We'll figure it out. No. 
goddamn. We you. usually don't figure it out until the wrap up. Normally, we have one part way through the season, and I'm asking you, do you have any suggestions? No. So let's move on to the podcast. <laughs> God damn it. I was hoping you'd come up with something by now. No. I don't have one either, and it's starting to piss me off that I don't have a good one. Wow. Okay. I guess we'll just skip this conversation then. Yeah. God damn you. This is an off-the-podcast conversation, but you brought it up, so... No, it's not an off-the-podcast conversation. Last time we had the conversation, we had it on the podcast. Uh, anyways, are you going to pick what categories? I've been thinking about it, but our categories are all over the place, so I, I don't know. But the thing is, two of them are like monster movie categories. Monster slurpee. Monsters, you know. And one of them is like old film. So how do we combine those things? Expired monster slurpee. It's not awful. <laughs> See, this is why I brought it up. Now you're giving me suggestions. It worked out. Anyway. Anyways, pick pick your goddamn movie, Bob. I was telling Ben this, and I was like, I don't know if I'm how much of a dick I want to be today. Bob's a bastard, man. <laughs> Shut up. I haven't picked your category in like two weeks, and I don't want to pick it again. But that feels bad because like you were really excited no, for the category. You, you can do that if you want, Bob. We'll just build it up, and we can finish the season on two Slurpasaur films. But also, I don't want to finish season on two Slurpasaur films. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. But I really just, like... And it's not that the movie we watched was bad. I had a really good time with that film. Okay. I've come I've come to terms with it. I'm going to pick your category. You don't want to finish another category off? No, I don't. Mostly because, like, I kind of want to save Neo Monster movies for a while, and I kind of want to save the last pre-code movie for maybe the last spot. That's fair. Because the pre-code movies have been really good. It'd be nice to end the season on pre-code, I think. I think so, too. Because, like, I don't know. I guess there's, like, a level of, um, there's, like, a standard there, you know, with those older films that I'm just excited about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick your category. I'm going to pick Slurposaurs, even though I don't really want to. Fuck you. I, I don't know, man. It's They're fine. Great. What spots do I have? It's been fucking forever. I think it's two and three. Three. I've I've given up on giving any reasoning for any of this. I'm just picking random numbers at this point. All right. We're going to watch. Oh, by the way, does everyone remember what Slurposaur is? I don't know, Ben. It's been two weeks. Sure. I'm I'm sure you do. I'm not going to explain it again. Oh, okay. It's I kinda the whole thing with real animals playing things they're not. Yeah. But I'm going to give my warning again about animal cruelty here. These movies are old. Because these movies are old and they're shitty and they feature that. So uh, I'm so sorry. I uh, I hate watching it, but I thought it was important. Anyways, we're watching The Lost World. God damn it. <laughs> not again. From 1960. Oh, this one's newer. Yeah. Okay. What cool. do you mean, not again? We're watching another... M ben, this is basically the same movie. No, it's not. It's. Isn't this one about them, like, journeying to the center of the earth again? Not, no. Not, well, kind of similar. I mean, so... Uh, we actually, I think, brought this up because I was talking about um, Jules Verne. Yeah. When he wrote Journey to the Center of the Earth. So he kind of inspired this idea of a hidden world where it's stuck in the past mm -hmm. with Journey to the Center of the Earth. Um, however, this movie's not about journeying to the center of the Earth. There is like this hidden world where it's stuck in the past. That's that's more what I was getting at. But a very different like location. Okay. And we'll get into describing that in a second because I, I do have some stuff to talk about the book. But I'll get to it. Okay. I said 1960, right? Description. Look, a Slurposaur. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I want you to keep in mind that description because it'll get funnier later. Okay. Uh, length is an hour and 37 minutes long. Normal normal size movie. Yeah. Uh, it's approved. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. 
IMDb gave it a 5.5 out of 10. That's pretty good. Uh, there was no like tomato meter I could find okay. for uh, the film, so that's not applicable. And then the audience score was a whopping 21%. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay. You know we're going to have fun, though. I mean, I'm probably still going to have fun, but is it going to be a good movie? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> doesn't have any wins, but it does have a nomination. Oh, cool. Uh, notable actors. Michael Rennie as Lord John Roxton. Uh, he played Clatu in The Day the Earth Stood Still hmm. in 1951. Jill St. John as Jennifer Holmes. She played Tiffany Case in Diamonds Are Forever. David Hedison as Ed Malone. He played Lighter in Live and Let Die. Claude Rains. Oh, my God, he's back. As Professor George Edward Challenger. God damn you. And he's in multiple categories this season. We just saw him as Dr. Jack Griffin in The Invisible Man. And I'm so glad we watched The Invisible Man first before this movie. Oh, my God. Because now your basis for Claude Rains is in The Invisible Man and not this Challenger. Movie. Yeah. I do want to say right now. I do think i saw this version a long time ago so i don't remember it mm-hmm. uh, but i will say claude rains is not a bad choice for challenger he doesn't really have the appearance but actor wise i don't think it's bad okay definitely has that wild intensity as proven by the invisible man it's true maybe i get to see his face this time challenger just being invisible professor challenger's a maniac okay fernando lamas as manuel gomez uh, he played Paul Duchard in The Cheap Detective. Richard Hayden as Professor Summerlee played Max Detweiler and The Sound of Music. Ray Strickland as David Holmes. Uh, he played Jesse James in Young Jesse James. Jay Novello as Costa. He played Zaka in Harem Scarum. Vitina Marcus as Native Girl. Uh, she played the Gypsy Princess in Terrace Bulba. And then Ian Wolfe as Burden White. And he played Carter in Witness for the pr- Prosecution. Hmm. A lot of people in this movie. Never heard of any of them except for one. Movie's old. so you That's know. not shocking for you. No, it's not shocking. But sometimes <laughs> I know at least one. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, director's Erwin Allen. Uh, he also directed Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea in 1961. Hmm. Uh, the writers are Charles Bennett. Uh, who wrote Foreign Correspondent, and also Erwin Allen. He, very interestingly, has writing credits for 84 episodes of Lost in Space. He also wrote that. And 110 episodes of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, which is the TV spinoff of that other movie he directed. Okay. So the budget is estimated at $1.5 million, at a box office of 25 so pretty decent. That's pretty decent, especially in 1960. Not a like two times turnover, but all right for yeah. A, what is essentially a sci-fi adventure film, mm-hmm. classic sci-fi. So it's not like in space, but you get the point. Origin is United States, obviously, and it's also known as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World. That's the U.S. complete title. Uh, tagline is "150 million years ago or today," which um. Yeah, that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Don't be too excited, Bob. No, I'm just... This one is a little baffling to me. Now, what I do want to mention here, though, is that the film is technically a remake because there is a 1925 adaptation of the novel. Holy shit. It's in black and white, but it's really, really famous for its heavy use of stop motion. 
which is really, really impressive in that film. That's so, cool. We Why ever are do we watching like that? Oh, I guess no Slurposaurs. No Slurposaurs. That makes sense. Because this film was made in the 60s, and Slurposaurs were not only cheesier and cheaper, but they were kind of in at the time. So, okay. More so than stop motion. Maybe we'll go back and watch that. That'd be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, if we ever watch uh, early stop motion films, uh, The Lost World will probably be on there because it's pretty famous for it. So will King Kong. So, oh, you I, know. Man, we were talking about watching Godzilla and like King Kong off the podcast a while ago, and that is so cool. Getting into it, this is based on a book by Art, uh, by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, which is entitled the same name, so The Lost World, and it came out in 1912. Can I be honest? I didn't know that's who wrote this. And when you yeah. said the, the title, I went, is he, is he fucking with me? Like, Do you know I, who Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is? Yeah. Who, what has he also written? Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, hold on, he wrote this? That's crazy. Yeah, he's, um, The Lost World is a part of his Challenger series. So uh, there's a couple books that have, they feature characters from the story. Mm-hmm. And um, like the Poison Belt's one of them. The Poison Belt? Yeah. What the fuck is that? Basically, Earth ends up in a poisonous part of space. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Hey, they're a lot of fun, but this is definitely the most famous of those works. And honestly, I love The Lost World. I- I've read it a couple times. I was going to ask if you read it. Yeah. There's some really good like audio versions if you want to go get it on like Audible or something. Oh, that's nice. Not sponsored. Although, if you want to. Uh, although, you know, I do listen to the Warhammer 40,000 books on Audible. But yeah, there's there's some really good versions. And it's, it's honestly a lot of fun. Because... Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is like a very good writer, but it's also just the best of like a classic adventure story. And not to get into the premise because we'll we'll see it in a little bit. But the idea is there's this lost world in the Americas somewhere, mm. and they're going to find it. Cool. Yeah, it it really is a lot of fun, and it it inspired a lot of copies and shit like that too. Just like Journey to the Center of the Earth did, because this book was so popular at the time. Uh, with that being said, that's all I have for like the first half okay. of this movie. So um, I guess we're just going to go watch it now. Yeah. We'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching The Lost World. Yeah. Yep. Bob, did you enjoy yourself? I don't want to be mean and start out the episode being this mean. This isn't starting the episode. Well, I don't want. I don't want to start this this post movie thing off with a uh, souring the mind of our audience. It's fine. I didn't have a good time, but I did not have a good time. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a horrific movie. No, but it's not very entertaining. Yep, and that is my problem. And I don't really know how else to put it without sounding mean. Before we get into it, uh, warning, this movie is an hour and a half long. It took 10 years off my life. <laughs> it wasn't I was that just... bad. It's so fucking boring, Ben. It wasn't super interesting, though. It's so boring. All right. Uh, I guess I'm going to describe this, and then I, we can get into some stuff. Yeah. I I'm not like... sure how much you have to say. Well, I was going to say, I don't have a ton to say, but I feel like you're going to have a ton of really good insight, because during the movie, you kept going... This is wildly different from the book. Yeah, it is. Which is interesting. I'm very interested in that aspect of this film. All right, so pretty simple description here. And the setup is somewhat similar to the book, if you're familiar with that. But basically, Edward Challenger, not Edward Challenger, <laughs> Professor Challenger is organizing a expedition to the Amazon to go look for the Lost World. And 
he organizes it for him, Edward Malone, uh, Lord John Roxton, and uh, Professor Summerlee. And then they head into the Amazon. And when they get there, they're joined by two guides, Gomez and Costa. And two other people just happen to show up. David, who has like four lines. Yep. And uh, Jennifer. Yep. Who's the love interest for both John Roxton and Malone in this. Yeah. She's just a little odd. Ben, you're forgetting the most important character oh, in this and entire film. Jennifer brings her poodle, Frosty. Yep. Frosty the fucking poodle. Which every time I heard that name, I couldn't help but think about Wendy's. But especially <laughs> 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 because Jennifer's a redhead. That's um, very funny. But yeah, then they uh, they go to the plateau uh, where the like Lost World is. And they fly there in a helicopter, which is humongous. Oh, it's gargantuan. It's, it's a giant-ass helicopter. It's a double-decker helicopter. It's ridiculous. But they, they fly there, and uh, inevitably the helicopter gets smashed. And so it's like, how do we get off the plateau? Yep. But yeah, it's... I don't know. It's kind of like a nothing movie. Yeah. I, I just didn't find it very interesting, and a lot of the humor didn't hit. No, I, it just isn't compelling in any way. In fact, I think the most interesting scenes are the Slurposaur scenes because mm-hmm. they're the most action-packed. But I will say right now, there is, in particular, one scene that's very uncomfortable. Oh, it's, it's horrific. It's fact. very intense for, like, some animal cruelty. Yep. So, uh, heavy warning there, guys. If, you, if you're not okay with that, I would not recommend this film. No, it's... yeah. I was stunned that I witnessed it on screen. Because... I think I was trying to tell Bob it was going to happen right beforehand, and he went, nah. Yeah. And then it, it actually happened, and you were kind of shocked, I think is the right word for it. Yeah, I just Horrified. didn't expect it. I thought I was like, please cut away from this You were like, why is it still going? Yeah. I guess, is there anything particular you want to start with? Yes. I yeah. have one massive complaint. One gargantuan complaint, and you mentioned it. And I'm only bringing this up because we already watched Journey to the Center of the Earth. Why the fuck is this dog in this movie? I don't know. The dog serves no purpose. It's they they included it from the perspective of I think cute animal companion thing. It just doesn't right? work. It doesn't do anything. Because I'm pretty sure this movie's made for like families. I guess. And that's fine. But the dog is not featured in like any of the movie. No. Screen time wise it maybe has five minutes. Because most of the film it's just in a like a wicker basket. A wicker baggage they carry around. Because, like, it would be too annoying to have this dog there. Yeah. Um, it serves no purpose. I don't know why they wrote it in. I guess I'm mostly complaining because the duck in Journey to the Center Gertrude? was, was the, one of the best parts of the film. Yeah. I think it's one of those things of there's certain genre conventions, I think, for, like, a movie from this time period for, like, a family kind of adventure film like this of you have your crew of likable characters, you have your animal sidekick, you have your uh, love interest. And this film really went out of its way to to fill that. That's why there's such a big cast of people, and that's why Frosty's there. But I think you saying why Frosty is there really leads into that big conversation of so many of these characters are just nothing. Oh, they don't need to be there. I don't care. Yep. Most of the characters only have, like, a couple lines because there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. And I I think that, honestly, was probably the biggest issue with this movie Mm -hmm. is – the sets in this film? Oh, they're cool. Look pretty They're pretty, pretty fucking cool. rad. They're very 60s, um, but they're pretty. And the Slurposaurs, they're decently done. Mm-hmm. There's a big issue, and we'll get to that in a minute. But 
really, I think the the big thing holding this back is not the content of the film, but it's just the fact that the characters are so nothing that anything mm-hmm. they do is just boring. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not invested in any way. I, I think that was, I think, the main issue, honestly. Yeah. There's a particular, I don't know if it's in the outtakes or not. I don't know if we clipped it, but there's a particular moment near the end where there's a wide shot with everyone on screen. I literally, There are so many motherfuckers in this film. Yeah, I don't think we clipped it, but their party of people is eight. Yeah. It's just it's just too many. It's too many. It's too many, and it just comes down to the fact that like we don't spend enough time with any of the individual characters to give a shit. Yeah, like we're so spread thin, trying to give at least everyone a couple lines here and there, or some screen time, or give them purpose. That the we direction, failed. yeah, but the direction we do get with anyone isn't enough to care. Yeah. So when people get hurt or like there's like supposed to be these intense moments of like, oh no, it's like I li- at what point something happened, I went. That's stupid. Yeah, and like it's. I guess there's nine people in the party. I guess yeah. another one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just. I think there's too many character things that have been put in there. Yeah, and it just ruins it. Not to say you can't have a movie with like a large cast of characters like that, but this one just doesn't pull it off. Mm-hmm. Very much to the detriment of the film. And to be honest, I think that's such a big thing that I don't really have much more to say about the film itself. Well, another thing is like with an. Like, because it's like the root cause of everything. Sci-fi I think. action adventure film. You have to have likable characters for it to work, because that's like the heart of the film. This film feels heartless. Yeah. Like it feels soulless. Like there's nothing here. I will say, I did like Claude Rains as Challenger. See, he I, was fun. The times we got to see him. I think that was more because you know about Challenger from the book, so you have like a basis. I don't know. Challenger is much more of a maniac than this version. Really, but it was more just like. We got more character out of Claude Rains than anyone else. That's fair. We did. And I thought that was at least kind of nice. Yeah. Plus, it's nice to see him on screen. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, I guess, are you okay if I just go over my notes now? Yeah, sure. So hit, I, hit I think that was the got. big discussion point there. It's just the characters. Yeah, there's one thing that I want to talk about, but I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. Okay. So, right off the bat, I guess we can start with, like, the Slurposaurs in this film. The The first one we see is an iguana with yeah. horns glued on his head. Mm-hmm. And once again, I want to point out, Bob does not know what an iguana looks like. No, I did. Big lizard. He <laughs> went, are those real horns? Did they glue them on? And I went, Bob. I don't. I look- clipped that, so you better put it in unless you're a coward. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it's a repeat of a spine thing. By the time we're done with this category, we're going to have a weird picture of an iguana. It's like what Bob (laughs) thinks an iguana is. (laughs) Horns, a giant fin. What else comes next? But yeah, that was the first one. And I don't know what it was supposed to be. Well, they call it a brontosaurus. They do call that one a brontosaurus, yes. And um, yeah. Next one we see is a monitor lizard with a frill on its head and some plates on its back. Technically, that's the first one we see, but it's not until later in the film where we see it like fully straight up. Yeah. Next one is a very, very large spider. Oh my god! Which was portrayed by a Mexican red knee tarantula. There's then a alligator. So that was actually an alligator. Yeah, with a glued-on horn and a small tail, and then mm. like just small sails. Once again, don't know what that was. There was an Asian water monitor with a glued-on frill and sails and a baby version of that same animal, which was played by a 
Tokei Gecko with a glued on horns and tail. Mm. And assumedly those were both the same animal because it was like the big one and then in the cave the big one was in. Yeah. There was eggs. Mm-hmm. That was a T Rex. That was supposed to I was about to say that was supposed to be a T Rex. And this is really where I have to get into the issue with this movie is look, I think the Slurper stores in this film were pretty decent. They're not bad. There is a very, very big instance of animal cruelty again. There's an animal fight. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Because I, I really don't want to talk about it. It's it's really uncomfortable to it's watch brutal. nowadays because it's brutal and it goes on for way too long. It's a solid like two or three minutes. Yeah, it, it's just bad. But they, they again, I don't have a problem with the actual idea of surface horse themselves in general. But this film and the reason I chose this film because I, I didn't expect this film to be so bad. I'm gonna be honest. I I watching it, I was like, oh, I haven't seen this version before. But the reason I chose this one and why it's so famous is because it really does push the concept of Slurposaurus so far mm-hmm. because as an audience, like I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and look at these like lizards with frills on them and go, ah, it's a dinosaur, whatever. I don't yeah. care. But when they purposely point it like an iguana with two horns on its head and go, look, a brontosaurus. <laughs> that's when I'm like, yeah. no. Now, if you just said ran, if you just said dinosaur, whatever, whatever, I could buy it. I'd be like, okay. But when you point at something and you say it's an actual animal um, that I clearly know it's not, that's kind of infuriating. But then if you say it's like one of the most famous dinosaurs of all time, yeah, I feel like I'm being insulted to my face and being called stupid because it's like, mm-hmm. how did that pass? No, yeah. The T-Rex thing at the end is also kind of in that same vein. It's also pretty egregious. Because they just have a gecko and it's like, a T-Rex, really? I feel like you didn't know dinosaur names and you just said, what's a dinosaur? This thing? Okay. And that'd be fine if this was written, like, in the 1930s, but... It's from 1960. This is from 1960. People were into dinosaurs then. So I, I just wanted to bring that up, because that, that's really why I chose this film. And also, it has a surprising amount of Slurposaurus. Yeah. Not insane, but it, it's definitely in there. And I know I said I wasn't going to say much about it. I think that fight sequence between the uh, modern the monitor lizard and the alligator... Might be an homage to another famous Slurposaur film. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of cool. So, maybe. And then the last thing I want to mention here is that Erwin Allen, the director and co-writer, would go on to use stock footage from this episode for multiple of his TV series. Wow. Um, most notably, Land of Giants, Lost in Space, The Time Tunnel, and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. And in 1966... Erwin Allen even tried to sell the rights to this movie as a TV series. Hmm. Uh, but that didn't work out. And it Damn. Why. Okay. Okay. You want to mention anything? Yeah. And then, then I'll have then I have questions to ask you. Yeah. Are they book-related questions? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we can have that discussion. I think that's interesting. But yeah, do your thing. The only thing about this movie that I thought was pretty cool, and like, it was not a saving grace, but it was interesting... You know, in Journey to the Center of the Earth, they head into the center of the Earth, and it's like an action and like sci-fi adventure film, and there are no people in there. No. In this movie, there's a civilization, but no people. Atlantis. Yeah. Which sunk down from the <laughs> surface to the center of the Earth. Magic. In this, they go up there, and they're actually native tribe, like a native tribe living on the plateau with the dinosaurs, which is yeah. interesting. It was cool. It was different, I guess. And that was something that I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. Interesting and new and kind of helped a little bit. But that's like one of the only things where I went, man, that was kind of cool. The rest of it is so boring. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It's just so boring. Like, I I don't know how you 
take something so like classic and semi-interesting like adventure-wise and make it so grueling to witness. Again, I think we we already d- discussed it, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but I really do think it's the characters. It is, and I that's what sucks. Like, cause there is action going on, and this film did a, I think a much better job of getting us to the action quicker. Mm-hmm. But it, just the characters are so nothing that they couldn't carry anything except the most high octane of scenes, mm-hmm. and that was carried because it was Slurposaurus, and they were you were watching a giant lizard. <laughs> yeah, it's funny and it's cool. I guess you do you want to talk book stuff? Yes, I'm so interested in the differences between the movie and the book. Okay, and like the stuff that got shifted around. That's fair. I'm gonna stay pretty light on like spoilers for stuff. Yeah, in sure. case anyone wants to read the book, or in case you want to read it, because I would highly recommend it. I really think the book's really good. But um, uh, just off the bat, I've seen a couple adaptations of The Lost World. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the 19 what 25 one, which yeah. is much better than this one. It also uses stop motion, which is always cool. But then there's a bunch of adaptations that started to pop up around the 90s and stuff. When Jurassic Park was big again, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've seen some of those. This is definitely, I think, the worst adaptation I've seen, both in my enjoyment level, but also just in how much they changed. I mean, right off the bat, this is set in the 60s. And while that doesn't really have too much of a, an effect on everything... There is this really big change where they fly up to the plateau in a helicopter mm-hmm. versus having the hike up there. And that was kind of a very big deal. But yeah, aside from that, though, it's it's not a very good adaptation. Like the setups all there in the book of like the plateau and all that's in the book. But really what happened once they're up there and the cast of characters was basically all made up. Really? Yeah. I mean, the characters in the book, there's definitely some parallels I could see between some of the characters in the book and like some of the characters on screen. But really the characters in the book are Summerlee, Malone, Challenger, and Roxton. Mm-hmm. That's about it for like most of the book. Damn. So to have like a, a party of like eight or nine people and ha- the majority of those are pretty much made up can already tell you about how like different, different this is. Mm-hmm. Especially because the characters from the book that are in this movie very different. Like, Roxon has a very different personality in the book versus the movie. Same thing with Malone and Challenger and Summerlee. But uh, do you have any, like, specific questions? Are the natives there in the book? Kind of. Okay, cool. There's a there's a plot there. Okay. I was just curious because, like, I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of the back half of this movie is them, like, interacting with the natives and, like, running away from them and, like, learning about, I guess, kind of about, like, their culture sort of and like how they exist and what they do what i'll say is there's inspirations taken from the book Mm -hmm. for like what's on the plateau yeah but what happens on the plateau is basically made up for this movie okay what i was gonna get to is like the stuff where we actually learn about the natives a little bit it's kind of interesting it's kind of cool there's some like semi-okay stuff up there yeah but i think that's more because stuff is happening in the movie yeah and we're not just focusing on the characters and the characters are weak as Fuck. Yeah. Which sucks. Like, when you watch, a, like, a sci-fi action-adventure film, you have to have good characters. It, it it just is so fucking annoying that they're so bad somehow. Yeah. Urgh, makes me mad. I, ben can <laughs> I attest. Know, you, you said that already. I was like, yeah. Ben can attest. I was not having a good time during this film. I was no. just like, want to fucking rip my eyes I out. I think this might be the hardest film I've seen Bob have to go through. Because it's just so 
and I, what makes me so angry is the the pieces around it work. Like the sets are cool, the slurper stores are cool, the design of all the stuff is cool. The writing is okay. Yeah, the jokes were bad. The jokes sucked, but they were like cheesy family jokes. So I was like, whatever. But it, see, like, in it, if the characters didn't blow cheeks, I could have withstood some of it. Yeah. All right. I guess you just want to get to the recommendation. I I don't really have much more to say. I don't either. I was surprised by how much I didn't like it. Same. I wanted to like it. Like, I tried so hard. You At the beginning of the movie, you looked over and you saw me, like, making, like, a, making a very questionable face. Yeah. And it was me trying to be like, please, please just let this movie be okay. Like, let me enjoy myself. It sucks that it wasn't more enjoyable because – Objectively, so much more cool stuff happened in this film than Journey to the Center of the Universe. Yeah, but Journey to the Center of the had good, funny moments and had good characters that like made yep. me care and, and it, made me enjoy it. The difference is the characters, because the characters were much better in that, but there was less action. Mm-hmm. More action in this, but the characters are much worse. With that being said, do you just want to do your recommendation now? <sighs> Go ahead with that. I'm trying to think if I have any. I guess if you like the book and you haven't seen a movie or an adaptation of it, this is one. That's not the recommendation I would give. That's what I would say is, if you're a fan of The Lost World, and you're trying to watch different adaptations of it, this is the one from the 60s. That's bad. That's there the only one I have. I, I, I can't recommend a movie that I did not like. No, yeah, that's, that's I think, for me, too, is Lost World. But I think the only other one I can give is if you want to look at Slurposaurs. I mean, I, I chose the like the three basically most famous Slurposaur films. And this one's famous for a reason. Yeah, because of how insulting it is. That's why it's famous. That's why I chose it, but it's definitely interesting for that because it's it's so ludicrous to hear a character go, especially a respectable actor like Claude Rains go, look a brontosaurus. He's also playing like a paleontologist that would know. I know. That's the that's where I'm like, did they not do any research before they did this? And then they hit you doubly hard with the T Rex. Oh my god, that one's at least more passable because it's a baby. Yeah. But ugh, um, yeah. So that's me. Uh, give it a rating, Bob. Okay, this rating may shock some of you. This movie's boring as balls. Yep. Nothing happens. Absolutely fuck all. Well, I mean, a lot happens, but it feels like nothing happens. If it feels. I don't care. Happens. If it if it feels like nothing happens, Ben, nothing happens. Technically, a lot happens. The superstars are cool. The sets are cool. The setup is cool. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that's pretty goddamn cool. But the characters don't carry the story or the premise in any way. But it achieves kind of what it set out to do in that it is a story about the Lost World. They go there. There are dinosaurs. There are shenanigans. It's never interesting. But the characters being so weak makes the movie suck. Two and a half. I almost want to give it a three just because all the other stuff is so inter- like cool. But the characters ruin the movie. I'm surprised you went that high. Just for how much you didn't like this film. I'm trying to be objective. Yeah. I didn't like it, but with the goal it set out to have, I think a two and a half is fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat. Like, I thought this was an atrocious adaptation, right? Sure, but I've never read the book. But, so. I mean, the setup and stuff was still there. It was just mm-hmm. the, the specifics. And I guess that's whatever. And like Bob said, a lot of the stuff in the movie is okay. The setting. Mm-hmm. The Slurposaurs are cheesy as hell, but if you want to see those, they're in here in a good amount. Mm-hmm. There's actually like some cool sequences and ideas, but yeah, the characters 
basically make everything hard to watch because they're just they, there's no heart. It and feels so, so soulless, man. I mean, that by itself is basically going to make me take away a point. So I'm going to give it a two. Fair enough. You know, because like it, it's not a great ad- adaptation, but I don't think it was ever trying to be like close. Sure. It was just trying to be like, oh, we're going to go to this plateau and then have dinosaur adventures. And it does that. It's just, it's so uninteresting because of, I think, how the characters are written. Yeah. So, <sighs> Man, this one, I should not have chosen this category. This one took the fucking wind out of my sails for the season. I don't know, because the last one could be good. If we had gotten this on the last episode, I would have lost my mind. No, I meant the last Surfersaur film. Could be no, good. I know, but I'm saying if we, if I had chosen not to do this. Or if we this, started with this one. Oh, my God. I think this God. is a good place to have gotten this one. Well, because we know what a good film looks like. Because we know what category. a good Slurpasaur film can look like. Yeah. Yeah. But it was uh. getting it was interesting to see kind of the darker side of it, though, in this one. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. a lot more evident. On that note, though, I guess we'll uh, go to the outtakes. Yeah. Yeah, I think most of the outtakes are me just bitching, but we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our view of The Lost World so far. I don't like this movie. I think it's boring as shit. But without further ado, let's get in to the outtakes. This first clip is Ben and I's realization that the helicopter they're using to get to the plateau is just ridiculously large. That's a big-ass helicopter. I just realized that I thought they were in an airplane. That's a fucking helicopter. It's a massive helicopter. That's a gigantic helicopter. Especially for the 60s? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? This next clip is us being impressed by how technically awesome the sets are and also realizing something special about the helicopter. Okay, I don't know what the hell this is, but this looks really cool. Those are supposed to be like ancient trees. I know. I don't know how the hell. It looks cool. It was. Those were painted, I think, foreground. Yeah, so that's a painted foreground, and then they have a a live-action background they've spliced in. Whoa. Yeah, that's cool. It looks nice. I mean, that's going to be cool about this film is it's it's technically going to be impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wait, it's a double-decker? <laughs> what the fuck? It's bigger than we expected. This next clip is our realization that this film is completely and totally scientifically inaccurate. That was supposed to be a brontosaurus? <laughs> that was a bad brontosaurus. Remember my description? <laughs> yeah. This next clip is us realizing just how useless Frosty is on this trip. I wouldn't bring my dog on an expedition, especially a little dog like that. Absolutely not. If I had a big fucking Cujo, I'd bring Cujo. But now a duck? I'd but a, a duck. duck. I'd bring a duck for sure. Ducks are always good for expeditions. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, don't bark at the lizard, idiot! You're gonna fucking die. <laughs> this dog is so stupid. That's Piper. <laughs> He's just, he's just snacking. I'm only including this clip at Ben's request. How do they get the horns on the thing's head, or does it just have those? Glue. That's fucked up. Yeah. You know what else is fucked up? What? You still don't know what a lizard looks like. What do you mean? An iguana again. Oh. 
This next clip is my reaction to one of my biggest fears. Spiders. No. No what? Benjamin. No what, Bob? What's wrong? Ben. Bob, wh- I'm not going to be able to handle this, what homie. Are you, what are you seeing on screen that could concern you? Spider webs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Maybe maybe it won't be bad. There's so many. Maybe it won't be bad. No, this is definitely going to be bad. Oh, God. Oh, my Lord. Oh, what the fuck? That's awful. That's absolutely horrific. <laughs> it told you it wouldn't be that bad. It's not that bad, but that was God awful. They're just reversing the footage. Is he going to shoot it? That was awful. <laughs> oh my god. This next clip is our reaction to the biggest point of animal cruelty in this entire film. We made it partially into the film without animal cruelty. Nothing bad has happened yet. Oh my god. No way this is they're just showing this? Yeah. This is that's fucked up. It's brutal. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements? Ben. Nah. Yeah. Come join us next Friday for another episode. Yeah. Maybe I'll finish this category so I don't have to watch another film in it ever again. Don't speak too soon. But yeah, maybe we'll finish it next week. I don't think next week's episode will be as boring of a movie if we do that. Hopefully. On that note, though, you know, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other places. Um, We're also on YouTube, which I know that's kind of weird, but it's kind of nice because we can see your support there with, like, your subscriptions, your likes, stuff like that. Uh, YouTube's also handy because it has um, some tools that other places don't have. There's that little bell button, which you can hit to get notified whenever we post something new in case there's something, like, we don't tell you about and it just kind of happens. There's also a search button there, so you can search for, like, what movies we've reviewed instead of having to scroll through a giant list of like a hundred episodes now, a hundred, a hundred plus we're over a hundred by now. Right. You can, yeah. But instead of that, you can be like, Oh, I wonder if they've reviewed this movie in mm-hmm. search because we include the names of the movies and all their titles. Aside from that, YouTube's also pretty cool because it's one of the two main places you can communicate with us at. You can do that in the comment section of a specific video. If you have something you want to talk about it with us there, or you can go over to Twitter at beware the board and go talk to Bob. Maybe um, teach him about how to identify dinosaurs. (laughs) God, that part of the movie made me so angry. (laughs) Do you get my description now? Yeah. Yeah. No, I got it. I got it earlier. I just, uh, it's funny. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it all goes on our Twitter on Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal, so you can watch the movie before we do. So whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers, and we're being vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then, on Fridays, or whatever day the episode goes live, I always post a link to the episode with maybe a meme. We haven't had a meme in a minute, but that's because we've been watching, like, not super funny movies. When we're done with the Slurp of Swear category, if I have time, I might make a Iguanas According to Bob Oh, that's meme. pretty funny. That's pretty good. 
But yeah, so if you ever miss an upload or want to know what something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, we're doing short form content over on TikTok, at Beware the Board, and on YouTube Shorts. I haven't made one in a minute. I've been busy. I'll put one up soon, hopefully. But yeah, if you like short form content and enjoy the show, check us out there, at Beware the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. I think that's it. All right, well, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, see you guys next time.